Bible in a year, and going through this uh, book, uh, it's called the, um, it's, it's the New Living, Trans Living, uh, New Living Translation, and it's, um, it's a great, he's a great uh, teacher, and um, he's, he basically put this Bible, and he put all his thoughts, he's the older guy, older commentary guy, and he put all his thoughts down in this Bible. Kind of his Bible, and it's got all these great insights, and uh, it's been inspiring to go through it, read a different version, and go through it and really get deeper into it. And this passage really impacted me about Noah. Uh, Genesis chapter 6. Let's go there. Genesis 6. We're going to get together and pray, uh, and um, just pray to God. It'd be awesome. Um, your righteousness matters. I don't know about you, but sometimes we don't think we don't matter. You know, that we don't matter. I mean, what, what's the big deal? I mean, are we really that important? And, you know, out of the 7 billion people in the world, if we tell a white lie, does it really matter? You know, if we, we don't keep our word, does it really matter? You know, if we, if we lust, does it matter really? I mean, does it really matter if we lust? If we, you know, learn a little bit, or if we, you know, don't tell the truth, does it matter? And, you know, it, does it really matter if we become a disciple? Does it really matter if, if I share my faith? You know, and I, I, think, I think what we're doing well spiritually, we say, yes, it does matter. But this story really convicted me because it really shows me how important our righteousness, our obedience to God matters. And let's look at this passage in Genesis 6. It's a interesting time in the history of God's people. It's actually the end of God's people. <laughs> Almost the end. Pretty close to the end. And the title of the little heading of chapter 6 is Wickedness in the World. Amen. That's a great title for a message. <laughs> What's the name of the 2018 NECC? It's not Thrive. It's Wickedness in the World. Amen. Let's go to that conference. You know, that's <laughs> not inspiring. And this passage is not inspiring. And it's in verse 1. Um, if you want to read along. Um, Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. It says, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they choose. The Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever. They are mortal. Their days will be 120 years old. Now, I'm grateful for that, by the way. <laughs> Do you, would you want to live 950 years? Mm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Imagine being faithful for 950 years. I wonder why there was so much wickedness on the earth. You know, you let people live that long. They get complacent. You know, they just kind of say, what's the matter? Well, who cares? I mean, you know, when I turn 500, that's when I'm going to get serious about God. You know what I mean? It's nice to have a shorter life, and I'm grateful that God saw that to do that. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God went to daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and in every inclination 
thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. That's convicting, huh? Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I, I always have good thoughts, you know? I'm always doing well. Mm. You know, really? Are you always doing well? Mm. How are your thoughts? Mm. The Lord regretted he had made human beings on the earth. Mm. His heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will write from the face of the earth the human race. I have created with them the animals, the birds, creatures that move along the ground. I regret that I have made them. That is super discouraging, by the way. I mean, God made the earth, He made all the creatures, and He sees His people and they're just messing up. I mean, they're really messing up. You know, they're, they're, they're doing crazy stuff. The offspring of these children are evil, and there's a line of Seth, and there's a line of of, of Cain, and these lines are very different. And Cain is a wicked, you know, he just keeps giving birth to more wickedness. Lamech, who says, you know, you think Cain had, was tough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I killed a young man. You know, he's like, comes home and, honey, how was your day? I killed a young man. You know, these guys were just real, real, they had a lot of wickedness going on. I think it's because they lived so long. I think it's because they had such great power. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people go, oh, that stupid stuff with the, you know, Greek mythology stuff, that's dumb stuff. You know, that's just dumb stuff. None of that's true. And, and you know what? I don't believe it's all true. Not even most of it's true. Mm. But there could be a sense that these Nephilim, these heroes of renown, you know, a lot of things, you know, myth, there's always some truth in the myths. You know what I mean? And there's truth to the fact that these creatures, these these human beings were super beings, you know what I mean? But they were super wicked. So if you think about this, super wicked humans, we got problems. We got problems, right? Now, if you just end in verse 7, let me ask you this. What would be, what would happen to the world if Noah was never born? Where would it be It'd be over. Can you imagine that? You, me, we would, there'd be no room, no, we, we would not be here. If Noah, verse 8, but Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Meaning, God saw him and said, there's a man who's different. There's a man who obeys me. There's a man who walks faithfully with me. Verse 9, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. This is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. He was a righteous man, blameless among the people. Now, it isn't so hard to be righteous among these people. So that's encouraging, amen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Noah found favor in the eyes of God. I believe you find favor in God's eyes. Because of your faithfulness, because of your righteousness, because of the decisions you've already made. But what if Noah said, you know what? Bag this. Everyone's being wicked. Why, why am I trying so hard? You know? Okay. A lot of times we can feel that way. Yeah. You know? Surely in vain if I kept myself pure, the Bible says. And I want to say it's not in vain. Point number one in the title of the message your righteousness matters. It really does matter. 
it does affect the whole world. You think, no, I mean, Noah's a pretty awesome guy. He, he did affect the world. Let me ask you this. What's the difference between you and Noah? What's the difference? Is there a difference? I don't think so. Who saved more people, Noah or Paul? Great question. Great question. Who saved more people, Polygar or Noah? You know, I mean, men that we know, you know? Thinking about Anabaptists and their righteousness. Did they save less people than Noah's sons? One of them had issues, right? And we realized that, no, every man has the great ability to destroy the world or save the world according to their obedience to God. You know, do you believe this? Every time we obey, it affects the world. Every time we disobey, it impacts our lives and the people around us. You know, there were key moments in time when, when I had the decision to obey or not, and it did affect people's lives. I came home from a devotional one time, and there was a, a girl in my dorm room that wanted my friends invited purposely to cause me to fall into sin. They were not my friends. They were not truly my friends. They knew where I stood on things. And this girl had no thought of me being righteous. Yeah. When I was a disciple. I was three months old as a disciple, thinking about that. And lonely on campus. And no men were actually on campus at that point in time. You know, you and she said, don't you think I'm beautiful? And I said, miraculously, it's because you're beautiful that I'm doing this. You need to respect yourself more. I don't know where that came from. I think it was the Holy Spirit. Because I don't talk like that, you know what I mean? And she started weeping and kind of came to her senses and left. You know? Come to find out, she was underage. 17 years old, and I didn't even know that. And neither did my friends. You're like, so I'm so happy you're stay true to your God, you know, to, your, to the Bible. Because you know, she was 17. I was like, wow, problems right there, right? My life would have been changed forever. One decision. Right? Um, everything you do matters. There was a girl who was at a, you've heard this story a little bit, there was a girl who was at a, a party, it wasn't a party, it was like a, a student union kind of event on campus. And this girl was dancing, and I was with a couple of disciples. At that point, we made some disciples, and I was on the basketball team, so I went there and kind of hung out with some of the football players, because they were like, dude, come to the Black Student Union, we're celebrating Martin Luther King, you know? I'm like, oh, come on, man. Come on, dude. You need to come, bro. We came to your Bible study. You need to come to our, our, our black student union thing, you know? And I'm like, dude, I'm not black. <laughs> exactly, man. No one on this campus is black. It's just a football place. <laughs> I mean, you should come, man. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, all right. So I come. And they're all dancing, you know, and then, you know, and this girl's like, I'm like, 
I hope she's not doing that to me. And I'm like, hey, man, I think that guy with the girl wants to dance with you. <laughs> and my buddy Arcelio, who's my brother, who's like my you know, wingman, I was like, dude, we need to stay close to each other. Even though we're on campus, people go crazy, you know. Any kind of dance music happens. You know, just, I don't know. People's brains don't work. You know? yeah. And <clears throat> brother had a little bathroom, and he was gone a long time. I rebuked him after. I was like, where were you, dude? He's like, Dude, I had tacos today. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> so like, come on, man. What the heck? But, uh, so, she did this. And I was like, oh. And so finally I went up to her. I said, hi. She's like, how you doing? What are you doing after this? And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go I'm gonna go sleep, you know? And I was like, I got to just like, I remember in football, pass block. You know, you pass block. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was thinking, I'm just going to pass block this girl. And get her out of my face. So I tried a weird route. It was the best thing. I'm not sharing my faith with her. I was like, I'm going to church tomorrow. And I was trying to be like weird to her, you know? And she's like, Really? Church? You go to church? She's like, Really? I'm like, Yeah. I became a true disciple of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had like, I was trying to get like wicked religious on her. Last summer, for the first time, I read the Bible and it changed my life. And I guess I said it bold, I guess, but I was trying to weird her out. But it was bold to her, and she was like, wow, that's amazing. Can I come with you? I was like, what's happening here? Three weeks later, she became a Christian. Amen. And now she leads the church in Harper with her husband. Wow. Awesome. Think about that for a second. Obedience. It was pretty sorry, too. I didn't really, it wasn't like Jesus, you know, go call your husband, you know, kind of woman at the well, kind of boldness there. I just was like, pass blocking her. You know, God's like, I can use pass block. I can use that. Come to find out, she studied the Bible down in Florida with disciples. She counted the cost and walked away and then moved up to your age. And when she heard you were part of the same church, she believed God just called her out. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that, though. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, your righteousness matters. Apollos' obedience. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Apollos' obedience to obey God changed mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of lives. Oh, I only know the baptism of John. Even though I got all this other stuff right, mm-hmm. I'm going to obey. That's amazing. 12 Ephesian, you know, people, in 12 disciples in Ephesus, right? We studied the Bible with uh, guy Hugh yesterday. You guys know Hugh. And, you know, he's a religious guy, and we were, we were trying to get in there and help him, encourage him, and we went through like darkness. And he, you know, you don't know what people are going to respond to that, right? And he started tearing up. He said, I knew something. Actuary, you know, like he got an actuary license, and he's like, <laughs> you know, I, I took that test, and all you have to do is get a seven out of ten, and you're an actuary. But I got a nine out of ten, and I was upset because I should get a ten out of ten. So I studied again and took it and got a ten out of ten. And I was like, where does this story going? You know what I mean? And he's not one to even brag. And he's like, you know what? This is something we need to get. The gospel, the word of God, the salvation of my soul. I 
my timeline is disjointed. And even though my heart loves God, and even though I want to do right by God, didn't get it right, I need to go back and get a 10 out of 10. Mm. Wow. It was yeah. convicting. Mm. You know, he's like, you know, you ever just say to someone, I love you, but you don't really love me? Mm. That's how I feel every time I pray. I was like, man, spirit's moving, mm. you know? But that convicted me. Like, our obedience needs to be a 10 out of 10. Mm. We can't be thinking, oh, you know, I got a, I got a 6. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the what's the standard? Jesus. Jesus is the standard. He's even above 10 out of 10. He's like 11 out of 10. Yeah. You throw in love, you get extra credit. You know what I mean? And that's, that, that conquers all, right? It fulfills all the law. Mm-hmm. Hugh's obedience, it hasn't totally been actualized yet because he's wanting to be baptized as soon as possible. But it will be realized. <coughs> And that's what we all need to do in our lives, is to have that heart that Hugh has. You know, I got I didn't do I didn't do it this today. Didn't do great. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna study my word. And I'm gonna obey the way God says to obey. Great blessings come to those who obey. Second point. Obey God in everything, there is no option. Obey God in everything, there is no option. So let's let's keep reading with Noah. Noah. It was ark. You know, I never understood the gopher wood thing. But <laughs> if someone can explain that after, I'd appreciate it. Maybe that's like a, that's probably New King James word, gopher wood. But um, it says, Noah's righteous man, blameless among the people, who walked faithfully. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. Now the earth was corrupt, and God's sight was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become. For all the people on earth that corrupted their ways. So God said, no, I'm going to put an end to all the people. The earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself a ark of cypress wood. The Hebrew meaning is uncertain. <laughs> make rooms in it and coat it with pitch and inside and out. This is how you are to build it. Your ark should be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Now, this is when our brain starts. Some of our mechanical engineers. I don't know about you, when you start reading these measurements, it's like just going on autopilot. Mm. <laughs> you know, then we go, okay, what's the good stuff? It's to be blah, blah, blah. This was like, okay, these were the instructions God made. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening, one cubic high all above, or all around. Put a door in the side, make a lower middle and upper decks. I'm going to bring the floodwaters on the earth to serve all life under heaven. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark, and you and your sons and your wife and your sons and wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of creature that moves along the ground. You take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as the Lord God commanded him. Mm. Oh my God, that's convicting. I don't miss these instructions. <laughs> now, by the way, if Noah had a vision, I know I would have forgotten something. You know, it's like, take a right, then take a left. Then go down, take a U-turn, take a right. 
take a left, and then go all the way down. This is what happens when people give you direction. Like, what the heck? What did he say? <laughs> but like, literally, if this was a vision, I'd be like, oh, what did he say? <laughs> I'm hoping that he wrote it down because I, I don't remember anything if I don't write it down. But Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Just think about that. Can that be said about your life? Mm-hmm. Can that be? Is that your goal? Let's not. Let's just be real. That's none of us. <laughs> but is that a goal mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. Is that you're going to obey God in everything? Man, this is what moved me. What if God? What if Noah didn't obey everything? What did that mean in his life? What if he didn't pitch it with tar, with, like the Lord said? For those engineers, what would have happened? The water would have started coming in. Imagine that. Okay, we got everything built. All right, ready. We're going to be safe. Thank you, God. Why is water leaking in? That's our dish. Oh, I forgot. I didn't think that was a big deal. We gotta obey everything. See, that can happen in our lives sometimes. We forget the pitch. We forget this. We forget that. We we compromise here. Then the leaks start coming in. Mm-hmm. The flood water starts coming in. And God says, "Obey me in everything." Mm-hmm. Now, just imagine this: Noah was building this huge ark in his backyard, hundreds of miles away from any body of water. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. For okay. Just think about that for a second. You know, why is he building for a hundred years when there's no? I mean, people laugh at. People think us obeying God is strange. They're gonna think it. You are going to be the weird one. You are going to be the one that everybody makes fun of. Accept it. The younger you are, the more made fun of you're gonna be. I don't know why. That's a ratio I understood. <laughs> you know why? Because the older you get, people wise up. Yeah. And people realize that we do need to obey God. People realize that, man, this isn't good. I felt the consequences. I drowned a couple times. I see the water coming in. My house has collapsed a number of times. My marriage is gone. My kids don't, they hate me. You know, these are the things that happen to people as they get older. But the younger you get, you know, in college, man, it was weird for people. Now that obeyed God. Mm-hmm. Wait, you never like did anything with your <coughs> girlfriend mm-hmm. before you got married? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. To the world. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wait, you don't look at inappropriate things? Mm-hmm. That's weird to the world. Mm-hmm. Wait, you don't swear. That's so weird to the world. But remember, so you're in good company because Noah looked weird mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. Obey God in everything. We try to weasel out of complete obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, this used to be a guy on TV called the Whistle. That's it. He used to be called. He was kind of a weird guy. No one remembers him because I'm dating myself right now. <laughs> Uh, too busy 
in high school, watching MTV <laughs> as a non-disciple, you know. But um, when MTV was popular, this guy named the Weasel, and, and he would he was just he was that's how sometimes I can feel when I try to weasel out, you know, weaseling out of being completely obedient, you know, and we have to get convicted about that. You know, obedience is love for God. John fourteen. Let's go there. John fourteen. How we doing? Very good. Convicting, right? Yep. Encouraging too, though. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Verse 18. Um... Actually, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to them. Mm-hmm. You know, abiding in Jesus is obe- obeying Jesus. Right? It's a connection with Jesus, but it's also obeying. If you obey my word, you abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. Right? Mm-hmm. Apart from me, you do not. Mm-hmm. You know, here's... I just want you to think to yourself... Is there anything that is pricking your conscience right now? You're like, man, I'm not obeying God in this. You know? Um, is there anything that you just feel like, you know what, i got to change that. You know, it, it, could I say I'm completely obeying God? Or my goal, I'm set up to do that. You know? Um, it's really important for us to think like that because... Jesus said, if you love me, there's no other option but, but complete obedience. Mm. Now, why does God want complete obedience? Let me ask you some participation. Why does God want, is he just like, yo, man, you want to do it my way or the highway? Mm. Why does God want complete obedience? Mm. Because he wants what's best for us. Absolutely. His way is always better. Mm. Yes, his way is always better. So one of the things you do, obey God, you kind of got to believe that. Right. Mm. If you're a disciple, there is a certain part of you that believes that. Most of the part of you that yeah. Right? But the truth is, God's, he does know better. He made us. He knows better than the world. You know? Hmm. He knows better than any scheme of Satan. He knows better. What else? So, so he wants it to go well with us. What else? Well, I'll just share. I think, like, AJ kind of took my answer, but I think um, that he also wants us to, uh, like, I think uh, love is a choice, and he gives us free will to choose, so we could choose to obey or disobey, but when we choose completely to obey, I, I think that um, there's, there's a, I don't know, it's a genuine love that he desires. He doesn't want fake. He doesn't want fake it till you make it. He doesn't want just kind of do the bare minimum. I think because he wants a genuine love, and he knows that only could come through complete obedience, not just half-hearted obedience. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think God desires for us to have faith in him, and, um, a heart for him, and obedience for him. Faith. Uh, 
one of the big ones that for me is, you know, no physical affection with your with your girlfriend. Other than holding hands. That was that was awesome. And a chicken peck, I call it. You know? And somehow that's going to build more intimacy. I didn't. I, have to, I had to believe God. Yeah. Yeah. Now I knew I wasn't. I didn't know the way to do it. I knew that. But I didn't know this other side. And so I only knew after I was married how important that was. Yeah. You know, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, it took faith to do that yeah. to obey God with some unknown stuff. Mm-hmm. We know some of the other things, but there is a level of faith you can't take that away. Yeah. Faith it matters, right? Right. Um, let's go to uh, Acts 13. So we see at the end, we obviously know what happens at the end. In the end, he gets in the ark. I don't know about you, but it's crazy that animals are just kind of <laughs> walking into the ark. <coughs> now, I'm like, ah, no, you're so stupid. Right. Building that stupid ark. Shipbuilder, preacher, crazy person. Then I start seeing like lions two by two. <laughs> like, we'll see this. No, I'm sorry. Can I can I join the love boat? Yeah. I mean, can I get on this thing? You know, please. Yeah. But they didn't didn't cross their mind like, hey, what's up with these animals? Yeah. You know, why are these big iguanas walking in? You know, like, what, what's the deal? You know what I mean? with these animals coming in to the ark. The thing that chills me to the bone is that Noah's flood <laughs> story is the most historically, in all cultures, mm-hmm. is spoken about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the most universal thing across histories, across time, and across peoples. Yeah. The flood story. Yeah. It's told different ways and different you know, ways it's told. But it's told. Right. It's not told just by Jewish people or just Christians. It's told by people that believe in many gods. It's told by people that said there was a time when the earth was flooded because of wickedness. It's always the wickedness of the people. Mm-hmm. And there's different names for Noah. Yeah. When he's in a boat, and he's not getting And, you know, that's what's crazy about this story is that it did happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, historians say it did happen. Now, maybe Moses, he, you know, twisted around and making his God look cool. Mm. But it did happen. And then Jesus said, in the days of Noah, people were eating and drinking and marrying. Mm. In the same way, Christ's return will happen like that. Mm. When they least expect it. So be ready. Be watchful. And be ready to obey. Amen? Amen. Amen. The last thing that is important for us is to have times of refreshing in our obedience and our repentance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but beginning of the year is a good time. I don't know about you, just to purify your heart. And maybe you've already done this. And, you know, I've learned to do this. Like, whenever I sin, getting older, mm-hmm. talking to people, you know, getting help, right? Mm-hmm. It's important, mm-hmm. you know? Bible says, and uh, you can just write this down, Proverbs 28, 13, it says, he who conceals his sin will not prosper. Mm-hmm. But he who confesses or renounces his sin finds mercy. 
it feels like the opposite when you confess. It feels like we feel like we're not going to get any mercy, or we're not going to prosper if we confess. And if we conceal, we will prosper. That's what we can kind of be tempted to feel. Yeah. We get punished, you know? But the truth of it all is the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I love this scripture in Acts. Um, maybe you'll look at the scripture a little differently from now on. Acts 3. It says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times are refreshing and they come from the Lord. And that He may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Now this was obviously for people that were seeking God, right? This is for people that were at the, the uh, beggar's gate, right? We know that. But this is, I believe, is a, a disciple's passage too. This is a, a passage for us, amen? amen? You know, what happens? We, we confess, we repent, we turn to God, and then our sins are wiped out. Times are refreshing happen, and God sends the Christ. You know about you, but man, that, that happens a lot in my Christian life. Mm-hmm. I gotta repent in my marriage, I gotta repent in my, in my parenting, I gotta repent in my, you know. Man, I, I've been getting angry when it comes to <coughs> parenting, man. It's been crazy. The other day, Jeff, no, Manny was like, Remember when you raged? Raged. He's like, You raged in the car and you put the windows down and you started screaming? Yeah, I remember that. Gosh, Last man. time I did it, wasn't that better? He's like, yeah, you have to. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but you can do it better with that. <laughs> I'm like, dude, the youngest, you know? You know, and there's times when I just insensitive to my wife. Times I've been lustful. Times I've, 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 I've been tempted just to get inward focused and selfish. You know? Times that I just feel sarcastic bitter and upset. You know, these are things that go on in our life. You know, there's idols that just want to take you over. Mammon, man, he's always there. Got a money. Got a greed. Wants to just take over God's throne in your life. Can't let it. You know? In many ways, all sin is a form of idolatry. All sin you're just trying to replace God mm-hmm. and there is no replacement amen for the Christ when you repent <coughs> take that idol off its throne and you send the Christ to be where it should be send the Christ to sit on the throne don't think you don't have idols in your life mm. some convicting things Rachel you know she hit an idol when she went with Jacob. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yo, Rachel, she, she was super spiritual. She was a pig, you know, matriarch. Really? What was she doing with an idol? You know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know? I went to go see the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is really, this freaked me out. Freaked me out. I went to go see Dead Sea Scrolls. So inspiring. Got to see the original Isaiah. I got to see the original Psalm. Got to see... Psalm 22 says, 
pierced through my hands and my feet. You know, just amazing stuff. Seeing the Dead Sea Scrolls. Isaiah 7, 14. Persian will be a child. And this is dated before Christ. You're like, whoa, this is awesome stuff. The government will be on his shoulders. You know? Wow. It's amazing. I have to say the integrity of the Bible you're handing, you're holding in your hands is amazing. Some of the most amazing people in the whole world translated that Bible. They were men of great integrity. And women. They're so honest with their versions. They're like, listen, we don't have the manuscripts. They're not afraid to tell you that, right? So that was super inspiring. Then they're like, yay, look at this. Here's an Israel tribe right here. You know, this is, also we have like, you know, they kind of did the Bible archaeology kind of section in, in Boston Museum of Science. So I was there, and they're like, and here are all Israel's idols. And they lined them up. <laughs> like a big table of idols during the time of Jeremiah. I'm not talking about one or five or fifteen. I'm talking about hundreds, several hundreds of just idols that they found that aren't destroyed or deteriorated in the households of the Israelites. God's people had idols in their life. You know, I always think, wow, you know, a lot of the apostles in their epistles said, watch out for idols. Purify yourself from all idols. You know? And I'm like, idols, come on. Sometimes I feel silly. Like, oh, I'm like, why would you worship this little statue? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but it's convicting, because I realize the older I get, mm-hmm. I realize how the idols, they are more and more idols than ever before. Mm-hmm. And we got to be careful about mm-hmm. this. And that's what we need to be refreshed from. You know, I, I do wish God saw all those items. You know what's funny? I bet you they weren't showing those around. They're like, hello. Look at all these idols I have. <coughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was so subtle. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go kill a lamb. Praise the Lord. It's atonement. Yeah. And then they have idols. Hidden ones that no one knows about. That's intense. Isn't that intense? Yeah. You know, it's easy to be religious and have lots of idols. God sees it all, though. Yeah. But we have to be convicted and think about, okay, Lord, here and now, I smash all the idols. How about the astral poles? I don't know about you, but when you read the Old Testament, what is up with these astral poles? <laughs> like, what are these things? They're just poles, Right? And they would just try to like get closer to the Lord, you know what I mean, with the actual poles. I don't know what that was about. The high places, the high places, they would have these mountains and they put these, I guess it was like the modern day satellites, right? You know, all these astral poles. And they destroyed the idols and they destroyed the god of, you know, Moloch and blah, 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 but they did not take away the high places. It's always that. Don't you feel like, come on, guys. Can we, can, we, can, we, can we finish what we started here? Mm-hmm. Only Josiah, he was the only king that mm-hmm. took away all the idols. Mm-hmm. Isn't that intense? Mm-hmm. Only Josiah, the 12 year old king. He's the only dude. He's like, all day, I just found the Bible. 
<laughs> we are gonna get killed. <laughs> Everybody fast right now. You know what I mean? Some guys are like, look, I found the Bible. You know, they only have one copy. You know, poor guys. But you know, it's convicting how quickly they just smashed it, got rid of it. Always go back because it was like I got killed in battle. This guy was such a righteous man, but the prophet said, don't go into battle. He said, no, I'm going to do that anyways. They didn't completely obey. Some guy was like, I'm going to be Robin Hood. <laughs> Just shot this crazy arrow, got the king, who he didn't think was the king. He was like hidden among the you know, people. He thought he was going to be like incognito. Arrow just hit him right where it hurt. Isn't that intense? Even he missed obeying completely. Mm. How about that dude got mauled by a lion? In the Bible. Yeah. Mm. He didn't completely obey. Mm. He was like, don't invite anyone into your home. And he was like, the prophet was like, no, the Lord told me to tell you. You know what I mean? <laughs> dude was lying. And, and by the way, why didn't that other prophet get wrecked? I don't know why. God was like, yo, man, what's up? Shouldn't have listened to him. Like, what the other guy? He lied, man. The other dude was like, You didn't listen to the Lord. He was like, all self righteous. You know what I mean? Like, like, what the heck, man? You lied to the dude. You're the reason he's dead. You know what I mean? Well, he should have listened to the Lord. <laughs> Just walked off in the sunset. Like, what's up with that? How about Uzzah? Let's talk about Uzzah. Good hearted Uzzah, man. What did Uzzah ever do to anyone? He was a loyal person. Right near the ark. You know, he's like, mm. he's like, he'll help, he's like the servant among us. Mm. You know? It's like one of those guys, hey, what do you need me to do? You need me to carry the equipment? I'll do it. Set up the sound equipment? I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oops. Dude, touch the ark. <laughs> he touched the ark. He, he should have touched the ark. You know? Completely obey. We have to have a conviction that we need to completely obey. Times of refresh will come from that. I just want to spend some time right now. Just in uh, small groups, just pray. <coughs> Whatever God puts on your heart, confess.